Lab Rats. Welcome to Send This to Trace. I'm Hannah. I'm Emily. And we're two best friends who are recapping one of our favorite shows, CSI Crime Scene Investigation. Join us as we make our way through the top 50 ranked episodes and get a heaping dose of 2000s nostalgia along the way. Let's get to it! Woo! That won't go in it. (laughs) Can you you hear me? (laughs) Can you hear me now? Welcome back to Send This to Trace, everybody. What's up? Hope you Greg Love and Lab Rats are having a wonderful Tuesday. Yes. We're not even halfway through the week, but <laughs> I just about tried to say something like, we've almost made it through the week, but we haven't. <laughs> so, it is I'm, not. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is not. It is the start of the week for us. It's the and beginning. Sweet Jesus. I'm barely going to make it. <laughs> Girl, let me tell you, I woke up with some sinus pressure Oh man. right here, and I'm fine now. Yeah. Like, I, t- nothing. Nothing productive, mm-hmm. nothing. I don't know what has happened, but it... Uh, damn humidity is what it is. It hurt. I think I was also dehydrated yeah. from the weekend, mm-hmm. from our wild and weekend. Tell them about your weekend. Girl, let me tell you. George Strait, <laughs> he's the man. Okay. Emily went to Nissan Stadium. Oh, sweet Jesus. I did not know that. I thought it was going to be a closed stadium, like where they can open or close it. Oh, like a dome? No. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. But the new stadium that they're going to build for Titans is going to be building a new stadium. Yeah, Trent, uh, not that he cares about football, but somehow he managed to figure that out. I do care about football. Um, I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> he said that they're, build, they're going to build, I don't know if they started, um, a dome. Ben probably knows about that. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. That's cool, though. We had amazing seats because I clicked around as fast as I could to even get freaking tickets back yeah. in November. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I was on cloud 30. Aww. Like that. It was like, it was like the greatest thing. Like being so there great. with Trent and um, Little Big Town was great in mm-hmm. concert. Chris Stapleton, thank you, Jesus, is good in concert. Chris Stapleton is, okay, I've never heard him live before, but he like, is his recordings are so good. Like, freaking he amazing. He is, you know how sometimes, like, people, they sound really good on record, but then yeah. in person, and they're, they're real, a little, different. little screechy? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Chris Stapleton couldn't put on a darn show. Now, he like did it. sing the national anthem at a football game last yeah, year. Yeah, I, I saw think. that. It was so good. Yeah. I remember being like, <gasps> this is the best national anthem I've ever heard. Yes. Oh yeah. Um he uh he sings with his wife. Okay. Yeah. And it just it's the greatest I thing. love that. His wife is freaking gorgeous. Oh. Um but then uh, but then George Strait <laughs> He came on the stage. Oh my exes live in Texas. <laughs> And my shirt says, I'm alive and well in Tennessee. I'm alive and well in Tennessee. You definitely don't want to hear us sing. Um, <laughs> no, there's a reason there's, that there's we do a reason. this. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason that we're in the professions that we're in and not in the music yeah. business. Uh, but he was freaking amazing. Um, put on a hell of a show. Love it. And he was drenched in sweat by the time he was done. He was wearing a long sleeve plaid shirt. Oof. And jeans. How? It's a wonder he didn't have that, Okay, bass. when she went to the concert, what, the hottest day of the year thus far, uh, it was so Trent hot. is. <laughs> Trent was so mad at me. <laughs> he said, if you ever convince me to come to a concert in the butthole of summer outside, no. we're going to... 
there's like potential divorce. Involved. Well, it's got to be shaded. It's got to be shaded because I'm going to a concert next month that's outside, but it's in this really huge amphitheater. It eventually got and shaded. It's shady, and so I've been into a concert in the summer there before, and it was not too bad because they yeah. got these big fans going at the same time. Mm. So what's no, that? girl, there there weren't no fans. No Nissan stage. Needed to turn on the air conditioner, like the wind was blowing just a little bit, and then it'd stop for like an hour, and then it would blow. Our section was the last section to be in the shade. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) The sun was just just tatering down. Whenever I book football tickets, I look at how the stadium's situated, because I've been stuck in the sun so many times. I'd be like, I have to get us on the right side. (laughs) We're not going to be in the sun. It was. I'm, I'm talking, there was not a dry stitch on a single person in that stadium. No. Swamp ass was all about everybody. I was out Friday night as well, outside. But I was at a birthday party. God. I was in the shade. I was up on top of a mountain by water, like a body of water. Yeah. And it was still hot. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't Like the imagine. air was just so thick. And it was just, oh, Lord. Yeah, I can't breathe. It was it was awful. But the couple next to us were from upstate New York. Like, close to the Canada side. Mm-hmm. And they were the sweetest people. Love it. And I love, I love people that are nice. Yes. When you go out and, like, when you sit in the middle row, like, mm-hmm. me and Trent are going to have to learn how to not do that. You bother people. Yeah. And the the people directly in front of us were from Maryland. Nice. So, um, I can't believe there's that many people to, traveling. I mean, I guess seeing George Drake natural is a huge deal. Uh, just seeing George Strait anywhere yeah. is like a freaking big deal. Um, that's why I was determined to pay what I did for those tickets. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so no, it was it was amazing. He sung some really um, popular songs, of course, that it. I that I loved. Um, but I was on cloud freaking nine. We left before the encore mm-hmm. because it was cook a doodle crazy there. Yeah, and uh, we did get fairly good parking. Mm-hmm. Um. And so we just left, like, and as soon as we left, like, he played All My Exes Live in Texas. Of course. Like, I was like, that it. But I, I couldn't hear it. Like, I couldn't figure out what song he was singing, and Trent told me later that that's what it was. Aww. I was like, oh, it's fine. It's all right. <laughs> you still had a good time. My poor husband, he was, like, melting. Like, he was so I miserable. Like, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, everything was wet on me and then somehow dried. I don't know if my body was, like, reabsorbing the sweat that we let go <laughs> it's of. It's the excitement. But, like, I was wearing pants. I was wearing jeans, mm-hmm. estate number one, uh, and there was uh, booty sweat galore um, on the back of my pants. I remember as a kid being so self-conscious about booty sweat. I don't know. Like, people can't avoid it. Like, why was I upset about that? <laughs> you know, it's, it, that was one of those things. It's like, okay, I cannot be embarrassed because I am not the only one in this freaking stadium with uh, yeah. a sweaty butt. No, everybody's got a sweaty butt. And the poor lady beside me, <laughs> the ones from upstate New York, she was in, like, athletic kind of shorts. Mm-hmm. Like, really good, like, breathable shorts. And she had swamp ass. Yeah. So, I was like, okay, well. <laughs> Embrace the swamp ass yes. because it happens to everybody. So, I mean, it was it was so much fun. And we got, like, these little VIP um, gifts. Oh, and I didn't even know that I even got a VIP <laughs> something or another. Um, but, yeah. I it, it was It was freaking amazing. It's a great week. It was, it was great. I had to see the man before he fully retired. And he is 71 years old. Yeah, I figured he was at least And he is still as good looking as he's ever been. Yes. Very, very fit man. Oh, man. Well, I have a big announcement for everybody here. Emily already knows this, so it's not a surprise to her. But the I'm pregnant. (laughs) 
we're going to have a little baby Greg lover, a little baby lab rat, going to join this show very soon. We're going to raise a rat. Raise a rat. It is a girl. Yes. <laughs> yes. It is a little girl. Yes. I. That's why I've been off TikTok because my brain. My brain can't focus on anything. Like I come home and I don't want to do shit. You're I don't, like complete mush. I'm a big crafty person. I'm a big hobby person. I like doing all this stuff. I ain't touch nothing. <laughs> Since I've done that, since I just I just can't do it. My yes. brain is so foggy. But yeah. I'm almost out of my first trimester. I've got like a week left. Yes. So, yes. I yes. need to get my energy back. And she's feeling good today. I am feeling good today. Yes. She looks like she's feeling good. If you notice, like my demeanor in some of the past pot, like few podcasts, I'm just like, uh huh, yeah. Because yeah, I'm just so tired. And I yeah, she's it. pretty zonked. So. For sure. Yeah. Yes, and I'm gonna and be an aunt. I, I recorded Emily's reaction to me telling her like two months ago. <laughs> So, I will put that in now. Are you okay? Yes. <laughs> I am okay. <laughs> Lord of mercy. Oh, my word. I do want to tell you something, though. I'm pregnant. Do what? I'm pregnant. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. You're what? I wanted to tell you before we started. <laughs> recording it it I just got dawned on me i wanted to do it in secret because i mean i couldn't tell you that that's what i was doing because oh yeah that's true it was just audio that's true i mean but, it's yeah. fine um i don't care if it was a video um but yes yeah. <laughs> she's gonna have a baby it's a little baby and her freaking theme is gorgeous my theme for my nursery uh, is just like absolutely stuff that it. i like <laughs> But it's like so you and it's so neutral. I told somebody recently, I was like, this baby has no like thoughts or feelings about anything in its room. So I'm going to make it how I want to make it. And then when she gets old enough to have opinions and likes and dislikes, then we'll change it. But for right now, it's like vintage bunnies and duckies and little woodland creatures. And it's just so cute. Oh gosh, whenever I think of it, I need to send you a picture. I have a baby picture of me laying in my crib Mm -hmm. and the wallpaper... You know, like, how it was real big um, back when we were yes. way toots? Um, was the, just the really wide um, wallpaper, like like yeah. just like a border. Uh-uh. Um, mine was, like, a light pink, and mm-hmm. it had little bunnies on it, and I'm pretty sure it had ducks on it. And I'm going to have to send you a picture. <laughs> so freaking cute. Please do. So, yes, full we've circle. Been, we've been real squealy and all that stuff about. Yes. About little, little lab rats. The, so. the little nugget. The nugget. I keep just, like, patting my belly. Yeah, just. Ben's like, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, I just like to rub it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'm fine. <laughs> just give her a little Give her a little, little loving. It's fine. We will keep you updated on Little Baby Lab. Yes. Yes. So, it makes me so freaking happy. Let's jump into our episode then. Uh, okay. Do we have anything else to say? One more quick thing. Yeah. i tell you where my brain is at today. Uh, I went grocery shopping. And I wanted bagels with mm-hmm. cream cheese and, yes. like, take cream cheese to work and t- just bring a bagel every once in a while. Mm-hmm. You will not believe it, <laughs> but on my grocery list, because as soon as I, I was like, this don't look right. I did not spell that right, but it just, you know, I just went with it. And I got to the bagels, and by God, I put bagels, bagels. on my grocery list. I want bagels for breakfast. <laughs> Yum yum. I was like, well, that's how I'm feeling today. Um, is that I just put bagels on my. That's part of the course for Monday, honestly. Yeah, for me, really. Yeah. 
But anyways, yeah, that was, that's my funny <laughs> grocery store. I'm sorry I rambled on about uh, George Strait. good. It's yeah. what happens to us. We yeah. gotta keep record of what goes on in our lives. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, this episode that we are covering today, Season 5, Episode 12, it's called Who Shot Sherlock? Episode 11. Did I say 12? Yes. I literally have 11 right now. <laughs> it's that's not okay. even like a mistake. I just can't read I was like... <laughs> What? <laughs> no. Season 5, episode 11. Yes. Who shot Sherlock? This episode is ranked number 45, so we're down in like the lower lower portion. Mm-hmm. I, I, this episode's so good. It is so good. It's I feel like so it needs to be higher. It should be higher because it's so Greg heavy. That and because that's it's, the whole freaking point of we're doing this podcast exactly. is because of Greg. So, for where are we? We've had some like very big things happen yes. to our... So, we talked about Eckley getting promoted... God, in the last such a pain episode, in the ass. we in the episodes between that and this one, we get introduced to Sophia, and Sophia basically she's kind of described as like the Catherine to Eggly's Grissom, if that makes sense. She's yes, the same to as yes. what Catherine is to Grissom, Sophia is to Eggly. Yes, and so there's a specific case, and he calls an all hands on deck, and so we meet Sophia, and she starts working with Grissom and all of that stuff, and they're kind of like, "Ooh, who's this girl? Like, what is she doing?" <laughs> But, like, she's actually, like, not bad at all. <laughs> she's not, but she does have... She's working with Eckley, so it's it's one of those... There's, like, like a trust like, issue. Yeah. Anyway, so they just... So there's, like, tension or whatever around that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then Eckley makes the decision to split up our CSI team because of, oh. like, Grissom's management style, I believe, or something to do with that. I don't exactly remember his reasoning. It didn't seem like a good enough reason, if <laughs> you ask me. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it was, oh, um, I know what it was. It was, like, another episode that opened up when they were in the courtroom. Yeah. And Grissom found that fingerprint that had developed, yes, like, afterwards. that was that weird the, one. Yes. Yes, so that's why Eckley, like, dove into the team and is like worried about Listen, Grissom's yeah. uh, management of as far as like finding evidence and stuff mm-hmm. and so that's where that stemmed from so he decides to split the team up in this way so we have Grissom as night shift supervisor still he's not changed right he is over Sarah Greg and he demotes Sophia to be under Grissom as well so now she's Grissom's yes. Catherine yes there's they're all on night shift on the swing shift, he promotes Catherine to swing shift supervisor. Mm-hmm. So she's in the supervisor role. She's got a nice big office, all that stuff. And she is over Greg, not Greg, Nick and Warwick. Yes. Basically. So that's how our team has become split. And they kind of did this as a, I think they did it as a storytelling device to like make it easier to have two separate cases going on at the same time. Like swing shift does a case, night shift does a case. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. It's, it splits them up more consistently. Mm-hmm. Which but they don't stay that. No, they don't stay that. Okay, I didn't think so. I don't know what happens to make like them last long that way anymore. Yeah. But, yeah, I know it doesn't last very long. I gotcha. So, yeah, we got bad boss Catherine. Yes. Ready to go. Lord, yes. I'd, she deserves the promotion deserve all day promotion. long. But the way they went about it is, oh, I just cannot stand it, Lee. I, I just yeah. can't. I just he gets to... better. He gets better as the show goes on, but right now Eventually, he's yeah. Yeah, he's a... Booty hole. We've also had some guest stars. A few guest stars. Kate Mara was in an episode. She was like the girl that was like fake kidnapped or whatever in the elevator. Oh yes. <laughs> she had that a very was, small role. Like it was That was uh 
a sad episode. It was really like sad. when it comes to like it. It could happen in any kind of class. Yeah, but like especially the very high up, high class. Mm-hmm. Um, very that is <laughs> Very yes. Um, very uh, very pitiful. Yes. So we had Kate Mara. We've had lots of Breaking Bad characters, and forgive me, I've never seen Breaking Bad, so I don't know their names. But like Ben will be kind of half watching it with oh, me. Yeah. He'll be like, hey, that guy's in Breaking Bad. That guy's in Breaking Bad. That guy's in Breaking Bad. And he said it like <laughs> 500 times. So there's a lot of Breaking Bad characters. Yes. There's also John Krasinski from The Office. Yes. In this episode. <laughs> oh, did you see, um, uh, shoot. <laughs> shoot. Marshall from, uh, yes. How I Met Your Mother. Jay, Jay Sensegal? Mm-hmm. Yes, Jason Siegel. Oh, I keep wanting to there say Sudeikis, but it's not Sudeikis. It's Siegel. <laughs> I was like, is it Jason or is it something else? No, but I knew yes, it was he was in there too. He plays. He's in a couple of episodes. He's actually. in the lab. Yeah, he's a lab yeah. worker, and he's just he's, he's just like recurring. random. Yeah, he doesn't have like a personality or anything, but he's and he's like, just like there. sprinkled in there. Kind of and like I was the guy like, that plays uh, Cam in uh, Modern Family. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, in a bunch of random episodes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I told Trent, he was in the be- in his uh, computer room, and he'd come through to get a drink or something. And I was like, look who it is. And uh, Marshall popped up on the, on the screen. And I had to ask Trent who, what his name was, mm-hmm. and I wrote it down, and I repeated it in my I head. Was and then I was like, thank him, I forgot his name. Siegel, yes. Siegel. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that catches us up. Yes. With where we are. So there wasn't too right many way. episodes in between this one and the last one. So yeah, it was. Yeah, that wasn't that, too the bad. Big to, like, things were the, the split of the department. Mm-hmm. So, shall we jump into our summary, Emily? Yes. So, this episode has two cases. Um, excuse me. I just burped. <laughs> um, Lord. I got some indigestion going on here. I don't know what's happening. Since I've been um, all I do is burp. Water makes me burp. Yeah. I was yeah. just walking around and... Ugh. <laughs> 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 I was at my parents' house over the weekend <laughs> on Sunday, and I was like, I'm just tired of burping. <laughs> I don't want to burp anymore. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lord have mercy. So, um, like I said, there's two cases. Uh, who called... Uh, who, shoot. Who called Sherlock? Who called him? Who called Sherlock? <laughs> Dear God. Um, who shot Sherlock? There we go. Good Lord. Um, really love this episode. It was great. Very good. Uh, and this is, and we'll get into it, Greg's final proficiency test yes, out in the field. It. It's his final proficiency, and then he can become a full CSI let me tell you, he freaking nails it. Bless his heart. It's and then, so good. But the ending of this episode, oh, yes, it just, it just, he was just so. Defi- Anyways, I'll shut up. Um, so we're gonna get to the summary eventually. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Our victim is uh, Dennis Kingsley. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the episode starts out as Dennis returns home from shopping and enters his house while a man on a motorcycle watches him. Super creepy scene. Um, neighbors are weird. Speaking of guest stars, before we get started. Yes. Dennis, did you recognize him at all? Oh, Lord. It's okay um, if you didn't because I had to look it up. It, I guess it just depends on what you're going to tell me. Gilmore Girls. Okay. Corey. 
Maury. Maury. Babette's husband, Maury. With the <gasps> no! Because I no! Like, who is this man? I was like, this man is so familiar. He's got to be in something. And I like searched there. It's Maury! Is it really? I was so happy. Oh my gosh! I was like, look at you go! And I was like, I, I'm right in the middle of, uh, well, not in the middle, I'm toward the end of Gilmore Girls, so I would have yeah. done But he always wears his dang sunglasses that you can't and freaking tell. Like, That's why I couldn't recognize him, is because he always has his glasses on. That, no joke. Yeah. Oh. Okay, that just made very me happy. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, if you don't watch the Grandma Girls, what are you doing with your life? You need, you need, um, need Babette, and what's it? Everyone needs Babette in their life. Miss Patty. And Miss Patty. And, no, what's Babette's husband's name? Maury. Maury. You just said it. <laughs> uh, Dennis. <laughs> Dennis. Anyways, okay, so super awkward um, walking in um, to his house uh, late at night and gave me gave me the chilies. <laughs> Makes me like cringe, like cause it I was just also a creepy ass neighborhood. Yes, too. and I just, ugh, yeah, I just, I don't know. It just brings me back to the days of living by myself, and I did not like that. Um, so as Dennis goes inside um, his house, he unpacks his groceries and heads downstairs to his study, which uh, I thought was like, oh sweet Jesus, what are we about to walk into? Yeah, because he looked freaking sketch. He has decorated uh, his entire basement to be I was like, like a he's rep- got somebody in his basement tied up, and he's, he's about to... He's replicated Sherlock Holmes' house. Which is even better. At Baker Street. <laughs> which I'm like, I'm all for loving what you love. Yeah. However, he's got, like, weird, like fake windows and stuff moving. Yeah. Like, fake windows Did you, weird. Uh, yeah. I, that that I was... Like, was it down a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. I'm okay with the fake fireplace flickering. I'm yeah, good with cool. that. Um, That's cozy. Not the random, like, things just me bopping through the... dude, make your whole house that way so you don't have to have, like, fake windows and stuff. Yeah. Like, move it upstairs. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, people do what they do. Um, So he goes downstairs uh, to his study where he has recreated um, the place that looked like Sherlock Holmes. Uh, Dennis plays his violin in front of the fake fireplace (laughs) and is next seen with a bullet in his head. So, fun times, you know? That's just how you do (laughs) in your Sherlock Holmes study um, in your basement. Uh, So, Grissom, Greg, and Brass are on the scene. The best team of all. Freaking dream team, yes. (laughs) Um, Brass asks um, Grissom what he thinks, but Grissom tells him that this is Greg's case. And I was like, uh, duh. Look at little Greg! It is Greg's case. Get it! Um, So, um, he... Gives this one to Greg because this this is his final proficiency um, test to become the um, field tech. Yes. There you go. Words. <laughs> Words. Let me tell you, I was dehydrated this weekend. Um, but anyways. You're still catching up. Yeah, so if I sound like I'm not educated, I promise I am. I just uh, was dehydrated this weekend. So <laughs> I'm trying to re rebuild my stock here. Uh, so Greg looks over the scene and notes that Dennis was seated in front of the fake fire with alcohol nearby. Powder burns around the entrance wound indicate a shot at close range. So Greg and uh, Greg's initial guess is suicide. However, there's no gun to be found. Greg then guesses that perhaps a family member found the body and took the gun in order to remove the stigma of a loved one's suicide and collect the life yeah, insurance, policy, insurance, which is a sad theory. It is. It just, I mean, it it's just all, all in all, it's just a sad theory. Yeah. Um, very solid one at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sad that people do that. 
Um, so Greg sifts through the brain matter on the floor, which is disgusting, and finds the bullet. Based on the characteristics of the bullet, he guesses that it came from a Colt 45. Sarah, who has just arrived, agrees with his conclusion. Nearby, she sees an old-fashioned glass uh, syringe filled with liquid, which I thought was actually pretty cool of them. It was really cool. Um, scary. I do uh, want to say, Greg reveals that he's not a Sherlock Holmes fan, and I'm not here for that. Cut her heart a little bit. Because. He said he accidentally watched that movie or something. Accidentally. How do you accidentally work on Watch freaking Sherlock so, Holmes. So, I've, I've read a few Sherlock Holmes stories, not a ton, but I was obsessed with the Sherlock TV show on BBC for a long time. Yes. I love it. It's still one of my favorite TV shows of all time. And so, like, I recognized a lot of this stuff, and I was like, Greg, get with it, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, don't you know this? Get with the times, okay? (laughs) Anyway, keep going. Um, But I really like the newer movies uh, with Ray Downey Jr. Yeah, RDJ and J-Law. Yes, yes. Um, But, yeah, that I thought that um, glass syringe uh, was actually pretty neat. Uh Uh-huh. but Greg continues to work in the study while Sarah checks on other parts of the house because Grissom is grading Greg on just this specific room where the murder happened. Yeah. Um, so Sarah offers to help process the rest of the house. On the floor of the study, Greg photographs a small pile of ashes and also picks something up off the floor to get a closer look at it. Sarah finds evidence of forced entry at the back door of the house. She also finds a picture that seems to show that Dennis Dennis had a wife and a child at one point. Mm-hmm. Sarah uh, relays this information to Greg, who is focused on the on the book, The Hound of the Baskervilles. Baskervilles. It's like some kind of like first edition type of thing. Too. I was gonna like say I was like totally lost on that. Mm-hmm. Um and I was hoping you would know because you're it's like a, a it's like a collector's item type of thing. And so in he's the like, Sherlock Holmes world, yeah. And he was like, "This guy like shot himself and got blood all over this book. Like he would not do that. Like he'd move it type of thing. Like that's uh, no, okay. Yeah. So it's some kind of weird like hint. Like it's noticeable that yeah. that's that this is leading to not suicide. Yeah. Um, this book was on the table next to Dennis. On top of the book is covered in blood. However, Greg sees that some of the pages um, have blood on the end of them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this blood seems to be out of place as the blood from the gunshot would have gone over the book and not on the side of it, yeah. the way it was positioned. Um, <clears throat> outside, Brass canvasses the neighborhood and talks to the neighbors, one of whom is the man with the motorcycle seen earlier. He and Grissom are met by three very well-dressed individuals who identify themselves as friends of Mr. Holmes. They're so funny. They're, like, in this, like, Victorian get-up, and they're all like, oh, hello, yes. Yes, and I'm getting to, like, a funny, I want to see if you caught it, too. Yes. Um, Grissom identifies himself as being from the crime lab, and the three believe that that this is part of their planned um, evening with their friend. Their mood changes when they see Dennis being put in the back of a coroner's van. The three guests, dressed as uh, Dr. Watson, Irene Adler, and Professor Moriarty. There we go. I almost said Mortuary. I think the corner van, like, it's like right above the... Anyways. um, They tell Grissom and Brass that they met with Dennis. Um, He's known as... uh, Dennis is known as Sherlock Holmes. Every Thursday night to study the Holmes uh, text in cases and important 19th century events. Uh, they each last saw Dennis the previous Thursday night. 
There, he told his uh, three friends that their final meeting would be next Thursday, which is today Mm -hmm. uh, in the case, and that it would be an evening that they would never forget. Grissom asked them all for their fingerprints. Um, I freaking love brass because they're all, all three of these people are coming up and they're talking in British accents. Uh Uh-huh. But one man is still speaking in a British accent. After that, would be like, hey, Dennis is dead. And like the other two, the other two like drop the accent. Like, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> and then Brass is like, all right, you can drop the accent. He's like, I can't do that because I'm British. I'm English. <laughs> and I was like, so oh, no, but there's, there's that. <laughs> and Brass felt super awkward. <laughs> he goes just shrugs. So he's like, oh, okay. Um. Anyways, so back at the morgue, uh, Greg photographs the body and finds track marks on his left arm. Meanwhile, Sarah and Doc um, have photos from the crime scene laid out on the table. The doc states the obvious. The cause of death was a gunshot to the temple. Greg enters and tells them that cocaine was found in the victim's urine at a level high enough to be associated with chronic users. Mm-hmm. He also says that there was morphine in the blood as well as in the syringe. Based on the levels, uh, Sarah believes the dosage um, to be pharmaceutical level. Doc believes that an injection of such a high amount would in- incapacitate someone in a matter of seconds. Greg wonders how Dennis could have injected himself, put all of his materials away, and shot himself before the drugs took effect. Mm-hmm. Based on the hands testing positive for gunshot residue, Greg wonders if someone shot Dennis by wrapping his hands around the gun and firing. Yeah. Which is ding, ding, ding. Yes. Also, fun fact, Sherlock yes. Holmes takes cocaine as, like, a stimulant. I the, was wondering about yeah. that. And so I was like, dang, this guy's committed. <laughs> and he's, like, full throttle, like, let's, let's do this whole thing. Um, I think, don't they say that in, doesn't mm-hmm. Grissom say that? I guess I just yeah. didn't catch that, that that was yeah, part of his character. Later on. Yeah, Um. So Hodges is getting nicer, thank goodness. He is. I um, yes, he's becoming a really good, like, fun character mm-hmm. in life. Um, so Hodges informs that this uh, informs Greg that the substance he found on the floor of Dennis's study was um, mother of pearl, which doesn't exactly narrow things down. He also identifies the ashes as um, pe- uh, tobacco, sorry, mm-hmm. and um, which is only grown in Louisiana. I can't say the uh, type of tobacco that is. Excuse me. Continue. It's it's from Louisiana. Um, So, it's a specific kind grown in Louisiana. There was tobacco in the victim's slipper as well, which Grissom guesses uh, is shag tobacco, since that's what Sherlock Holmes smoked. Grissom reminds Greg that he has two suspects that that uses pipes. Brass and Sarah collect, um, how do you say those pipes? Mersham. <laughs> fancy dancy pops, okay? Fancy pipes, you know the kind. <sighs> if you know Sherlock Holmes, you know what kind you of freaking pops that we're talking about. Um, I cannot pronounce uh, big words in the uh, state of mind that I'm in right now. Anyways, Grissom reminds Greg that there's two suspects that have these pops. Brass and Sarah collect these pops and tobacco um, from Kay. Uh, which is played by, like, she, as- she associates with Irene. Irene and Nelson Oaks, which is Dr. Watson, at their places of work. While talking to Nelson and crouching down to retrieve the warrant, 
Sarah notices what appears to be blood on Nelson's shoe. He confirms that he wore the shoes um, to the last club meeting. He's so shifty. He was a uh, nervous Nelly, that's yeah. for sure. Um, I was like, oh, he did it. <laughs> and then, Come on, man. And then plot twist. Um, anyways. It's found that Nelson's shoes did test positive for the victim's blood and that their tobacco from his pipe was found next to the body. Uh-oh. Nelson is brought in for questioning. There, Brass accuses him of killing Dennis so he could take over the role of Sherlock Holmes, which that is really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, Nelson denies this and tells Brass that Dennis was quitting the club so he could go back to his wife. Um, he didn't need to kill Dennis in order to take over the Holmes role because Dennis was one to leave anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brass presents Nelson with the blood and tobacco evidence, but Nelson insists that he went right home after work and was never with Dennis the night he was killed. Yeah. Sarah congratulates Greg on solving the case since the evidence indicates that Nelson is their guy. However, Greg observes that some of the blood on the shoe is clotted red cells, but others um, are pure serum. Yep. So there's like a difference in the way the blood coagulated mm-hmm. on the shoe. Um, he says that it takes at least 20 minutes for the blood to clot and separate. If Nelson killed Dennis, the blood drops on the shoe would all be the same. Yep. Sarah guesses that the killer... Suck some of the blood up at the scene, which is really disgusting. Right. Or the syringe. Why would you do that? Uh, I guess when you're desperate to frame somebody. Um, separating the blood cells and serum. The blood then got sprayed on the shoe later. And it seems that someone is trying to frame Dr. Watson, a.k.a. Nelson Oaks. Yeah. Um, in the AV lab, Archie, good old Archie. Yeah, Archie's uh, scrolls through the... Again. Yes. <laughs> He's freaking amazing. Um... Scrolls through an auction website where Dennis put all of his Sherlock Holmes items up for bid. One of the items is a Colt 45 revolver with a mother of pearl handle. Mm-hmm. However, Greg and Sarah are more interested in finding the Hound of the Baskervilles mm-hmm. book. They ran the blood found on the book through CODIS, but uh, were, were unable to get any hits. Archie finds the book on the site, pulls it up, um, pulls up its binding history. Someone named um, Reichenbach um, unsuccessfully bid on the book three times. Uh (laughs) Uh, Archie finds this interesting since uh, Reichenbach Falls is where Professor Hootie Doll killed Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Morty Artery. I give up. Morty What Hannah said. Sorry, that's in the... The show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lordy. Okay, so Greg didn't know who Ry- what Reichenbach Falls was, and I said, oh, Greg, read a book. <laughs> yes. Well, hell, I At need to... Archie knows. I need to read something, because clearly I can't <laughs> read anything. Um, so Greg and Sarah talked to uh, Josh Frost, which is um, the professor. Um, he the real British that- man. Yes, the one that cannot get rid of his accent. (laughs) Oh, that just, that made me chuckle when Bress was like, okay, drop the accent. He's like, well, I can do that (laughs) Um, because that's just how I talk. Um, He admits that he desperately wanted the book and was unhappy that Dennis was putting it up for auction instead of selling it to Mm -hmm. him. Um, And it looks like he works in like a diner. Like a restaurant, yeah. Yeah, okay. 
Um, so when asked to hold out his hands, Josh reveals that he has a cut on his finger. He admits to having visited Dennis the night he was killed in an effort to get the book, and he cut his finger uh, on the book um, as Dennis ripped it out of his hands, resulting in a um, terrible paper cut, which made me just tense up. Because of the worst. Yeah. So Josh says that he didn't kill Dennis. If he had, he would have taken the book with him, which makes sense. Yes. Um, Greg processes the mother of Pearl Chip and scrapes some dust off of it. After processing, he tells Grissom that he wants to go back to the crime scene. There, Greg says that the chip is consistent with the Mother of Pearl handle of the Colt 45. And the dust collected from uh, from it was red clay dust consistent with the bricks around the fireplace, mm-hmm. even though the fireplace was fake itself. Yep. Um, but the brick around it was real. Yeah, it's also like across the like little living room from where Duke shot himself. Yes. Um, so he searches the fireplace and he finds the gun tied to a rubber tube hiding in the chimney. And I was like, well, hot day. That was nuts. I was like, <laughs> like little Greg <laughs> spreading his wings. Get it, Greg. <laughs> yes. Uh, so back at the lab, Greg tells Sarah his findings. Dennis tied the gun to the chimney with surgical tubing and committed suicide. He also took morphine to help ease the pain and or finish the job. If the gun didn't do its job. Mm-hmm. After after the deed was done, the gun recoiled back into the chimney. Greg guesses that Dennis planted Nelson's um, tobacco and also drew his own blood and spread it on Nelson's shoe um, at the previous meeting. Dennis, uh, in classic Sherlock Holmes fashion, made suicide look like murder. Which a is a likely really, story. <laughs> it's it's a decent theory. It's a decent theory, but for then sure. when you find out like what actually happened, I'm like, oh, I'll be damn. Yep. Like that makes even more sense. Mm-hmm. Um. So Sarah questions Dennis why Dennis would frame his friend for murder, but Greg reminds him that um that motive isn't their business. Yeah, that's it's true. Like, it's not. It's not. It's fine. They're trying to understand people. Right. Um. They've learned that from Grissom. Um, so she congratulates Greg on the job well done and, um, has, excuse me. Oh, Lordy. I'm so sorry. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> that did too. Um, to top up the report to give to Grissom. So in his office, Greg, uh, Grissom looks over Greg's report. He notices that the autopsy report showed long-term cocaine use, but the syringe contained morphine. Yep. Something isn't adding up. And I thought that too. I was like, I thought the syringe had, like, it just, it was weird. Uh-huh. Um, so, Grissom goes to find Greg and goes over the report with him. Dennis was, whew, lordy, I can't breathe for some reason. Dennis was an obs- uh, obsessive compulsive um, person mm-hmm. and tried to match every detail to Sherlock's Holmes story. Yeah. However, in the books, Holmes' stimulant of choice was cocaine, not yep. morphine. Grissom wonders if Dennis um, never knew what he was injecting himself with um, as someone switched the stimulants on him. He adds that the victim's fingerprints were on the gun, but there were no fingerprints on the surgical tubing or the syringe. Mm-hmm. This uh, would seem to indicate murder, not suicide. Right. Greg believes Nelson um, is their best sus- suspect as he works as secu- um, security in a hospital. And would have access to morphine. Mm-hmm. But the, in the lab, Grissom cuts open the surgical tubing and finds some tobacco leaves. Um, which he has Greg compare the tobacco um, to the type the suspect used. Yep. 
Kay, um, a.k.a. Irene Adler, is brought into interrogation. Brass gives, um, shoot, Brass <laughs> guesses that Kay didn't like her life between her job and having to take care of her ill mother. Yeah, because she works at, like, this, like, seedy bar and gets, like, hit on all the time. And groped and, like, yeah, talked to it. Yeah, it's just, so that, this was her escape, mm-hmm. was this club. Um... So, the Sherlock Holmes Club represented an escape um, from that life that she has, taking care of her mother, um, who is ill, and the um, unfortunate job that she has to, to keep up with mm-hmm. all the things. Um, so, when Dennis told the group that he was in the club, Kay realized what that meant for her. Yep. Bryce tells her that the tobacco found in the surgical tubing um, was a match to her blend. The tubing was in her purse and came in contact with her pipe. He guesses that Kay broke into the house and switched the cocaine for morphine. Since Dennis was a creature of habit, she waited for the morphine to take effect. A flashback shows Dennis passed out on the chair. Kay shot him and the gun recoiled back into the chimney. She then sprinkled some of Nelson's pipe tobacco on the floor, collected some of Dennis's blood, and sprayed it on Nelson's shoe when they met when they met up later. Mm-hmm. Which, I will have to say, the recall of the gun back into the chimney was actually kind of smart. Pretty clever. Not um, Yeah. She's yeah. smart, but we're she not, up. <laughs> but yeah, we're not um, saying that that's great. We don't condone. Uh, we don't condone that. Murdering your friends and, and <laughs> recall <suicides. laughs> a gun back up into a chimney. But, you know, when people are smart, they're smart. But then they're just help. really you stupid. You can't help just kind of be like, dang. Like, <laughs> how did you think of that? <laughs> Um, so when asked why she framed Nelson for the murder, Kay says that it was Nelson's idea to, t- um, that Dennis quit the club and go back to his family. She claims that Nelson wanted to be Sherlock Holmes and that he didn't want to, um, he didn't care about, um, what it was doing to her. Yeah. Uh, Kay slips into her Irene character and in a British accent tells Brass that Dennis would have wanted his murder to be the perfect puzzle, a mystery worthy of the master. And I was like, sweet Jesus, this woman has a personality disorder. She messed up. <laughs> she messed up. Like, she was too, too in it. Yes. Too all up in it. In yeah, it. no. It bit her in the butt. Um, so, the case is done for this, for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we'll, we'll go into the second case. Uh, what I'm about to say is the ending of the show. Yeah. So, it's. It's gonna sound weird when I go into the next case, but this is this is the ending part of the this first is case. Technically, the end of the first case, yeah. Yes. Um, so Nick and Warwick tell Greg that Grissom wants to see him immediately in his office. Greg's like, "Oh, I messed up. I got because the he got the wrong, wrong and, yeah, yeah, wrong suspect and the morphine and He's all like, that." I'm not passing. Um, in Grissom's office, Greg finds a jail dummy with a note attached to it that says, You passed. It's so cute. And I was like, Yes, they did. They have a little mini party for yes. him. Oh, yes, so yes. I thought it was Grissom sitting in the dark, not the dummy. I know. I was, I was like, <laughs> Freaking weirdo. I know Grissom's weird, but I didn't think he was that he weird. He was that weird. Um, so the rest of the team congratulate Greg until Eckley breaks up the party like the freaking party Eckley. pooper that he, he is. He's real sweet at the beginning. He's like, Congratulations, Greg. It's really great. And then okay, break it up. Stop celebrating. Like, suck it up, guys. Yeah. Stop talking to each other. Um, a confused Greg tells Grissom that um, he didn't get the right person or the right manner of death. Grissom replies that he doesn't expect Greg to be correct in his um, interpretations all the time. 
he collected the evidence and he had enough sense to go back to the crime scene when he felt something was missing. Yeah. That's the job Grissom says. He done good. Yes, he did. Oh. Hands did. <laughs> Hands did good. good. <laughs> yeah. And I talk to my dogs like that, so that's what yeah, I do. Yeah, I do too. That's yeah. my dogs. Uh, yeah. That's, anyways, my husband would be thoroughly embarrassed. Um, that's okay. Uh, so that like concludes the show. Yeah, that's the end of the episode. But we haven't like, even touched on Catherine and Warwick yes. and Nick's issues. So in the middle so. of all of that, there's, there's another case going on. <laughs> so, but it's easier to go along with each case than to like break it up. Yeah, for sure, because we bounce back and forth every two seconds. Yes. Um. So my brain can't keep up with what I'm staring at right now, much less bounce <laughs> back and forth. Uh. So the second case in this show is um, Nick and Warwick. Um, take this on. And Catherine is their supervisor doing all this. Um, so in the desert, a Jeep has missed a curve on the highway, gone down an embankment, and crashed into a tree. The victim is 25-year-old Corey um, DeMaio, the yeah. driver and registered owner of the Jeep. There's a contusion on Corey's forehead, which could have come from the impact. Something smells really good. Ben's making spaghetti, and I want it now. Holy <laughs> moly, that smells good. I'm struggling. <laughs> we'll, we'll scoot through this so Mama can eat, okay? Mama's got uh, baby, baby girl got to eat. <laughs> we got to feed the Mama, okay? We can't let her starve over here. Um, so there's a contusion on Corey's forehead, which is um, which could have come from the impact. Mm-hmm. Warwick mentions that there were no skid marks up on the highway, meaning that Corey never tried to uh, even tried to brake. Um, Nick says that the keys are still in the ignition, but the car is in drive, but the engine is isn't running. Yeah, it's just kind of like. And stalled. I was like, what? It was really weird. It just yeah, it it was. It made sense once they figured it out, but I was like, well, damn. Yeah, it's like, well, like did somebody, like, fiddle with it? Yeah. Um, so, Warwick finds a joint on the floor uh, near the passenger seat along with the wallet. The ID, uh, the ID in the wallet is Corey's, um, but there's no money. There's no credit cards inside the wallet. Um, mm-hmm. So, Nick and Warwick theorize that there's either a passenger or the car's um, a passerby or a, the car's passenger robbed, robbed Corey. Him. yeah. Uh, which is sad in and of um, at the station, Warwick and Deputy um, Cavalier t- uh, talk to Corey's roommate, Lyle Davis. He... <laughs> Who is Jim from The Office? Yes, there we go. Yep. And he looks like the most 2000 scumbag ever. Lord. He's got that like kind of shaggy haircut he's got at the beginning of The Office. He's wearing this like striped just, polo. Yeah, he's got, he's like, got the scruff. Shadow going on. He just looks like a mess. <laughs> I just spit on my iPad. Uh, but yeah, he's he's looking pretty rough. Oh, lol. Um, he claims that he last saw Corey the day before when they went to the lake. Warwick notices that there's a bruise on Lyle's forehead, and uh, he claims occurred while windsurfing. Lyle tells Warwick um, that he didn't drive back with Corey because he left with a girl named Jennifer. Warwick doesn't believe this story and hypothesizes that the two guys got high, drove back from the lake, and crashed into a tree. <laughs> um, which is funny that he, they're like, okay, what's the girl's last name? And like, uh, nipple know. ring. <laughs> <laughs> and Warwick thought that was, Warwick and, uh, the. Somebody been doing a little bit of blazing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so that was, that was pretty funny. Um, so 
Warwick doesn't believe the story, and he believes that they drove back together, got high, crashed into a tree. Lyle got the bruise when his head made contact with the dashboard. Warwick also guesses that Lyle took advantage of the situation, rifled through Corey's wallet, and fled the scene. Lyle insists that he wasn't in the car and that if he was, he wouldn't have left Corey. They asked for a DNA sample from Lyle uh, to see if his lips touched the joint. Flustered, Lyle admits that he and Corey got high on the lake. No shit. But Corey <laughs> left afterwards. <laughs> oh. Did you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's obvious. Um, so, in the morgue, Doc tells Nick and Warwick that Corey was physically fit. Uh, scratches and abrasions are determined to be unrelated to the accident. And the contusion on Corey's forehead is also deemed superficial. Yeah, so it's like, that wouldn't have killed him. So yeah. what the heck happened? Yeah, it's just, it, this case was actually really fascinating and, like, trying to figure out, like, well, dang, like, what yeah. what happened? Um, so, uh, Dog tells them that the cause of death is undetermined and that he doesn't always know how someone died. And I was like, Doc, you always know. You do you always, always know. know. But I understand. Be like, I ain't got an answer for you. Get over it. <laughs> like, figure it out, boys. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. So, back in the garage, uh, Nick finds that the latch of the passenger door is busted and guesses that it could have happened during the accident when, they, when the Jeep hit the tree. Um, Warwick relays that um, the tox results show low levels of cannabis in Corey's system. Despite cannabis slowing down one's re- uh, reaction time, Nick knows that the lack of skid marks and position of the vehicle, which indicates Corey never even hit the brakes. Yep. They confirm uh, that both the Jeep's brakes and the brake lights work um, because Nick takes it upon himself to get in the driver's seat and makes Warwick push. Also, work bounces uh, in the back seat at one point. <laughs> Does this little like to check the um the gas tank? <laughs> yes, yes. It's so funny. He's, he's just like, like they're just watching like, him, and he just like yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was weird. Um, so the brakes work. Um, they're still puzzled. Um, because the the dash is not working. The ignition was on, but the engine wasn't running. The Jeep is full of gas because Warwick did his little bouncy bounce test. Um, and Corey was in good shape. The two two the two dream team specimens. Yep. Um, <laughs> Warwick still don't and Nick. Know what the heck happened. Yeah, they can't figure it out. Uh, so meanwhile, uh, Conrad Eckley, uh, party pooper, uh, <laughs> is talking to Catherine in her office. Nick and Warwick interrupt, and Eckley asks them about their progress on the case. They tell Eckley that Corey shouldn't have been able to stop the Jeep, um, but there are no signs of foul play. However, they feel that something is erupt. Eckley tells them that since there's nothing suspicious and no crime has been committed, they need to close the case. Mm-hmm. Because he's a party pooper. Yeah. Um, after he leaves, Catherine asks if they're satisfied, and Nick replies that they don't have an answer. She's like, that a boy? Do your thing. Love that she gives them. She's like, actually, y'all do what you want. She, just do it, okay? Because Eckley's my business. Yeah. Like, I'll take care of him. Um, so she encourages them to, to keep working the case to find an answer, and she'll deal with Eckley. Uh, so Nick and Warwick go over to the Jeep again and find evidence of some kind of electrical shock. Um, as there's burn marks on the undercarriage and uh, fried wiring by the steering wheel panel. They immediately thought that a lightning strike. However, the sky was clear the day of the accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, they head back to the scene where they find wire trimmings on the ground, a new splice um, on some overhead wires uh, that they noticed um, 
from the time before. Mm-hmm. Sorry. They've been there the whole time. Right, but they didn't, like, notice um, when yeah, they first surveyed the scene. Yeah, it's kind of a Yes. Um, so, word notes that the power company um, called the police about the accident, which means that they were probably out there fixing the lines mm-hmm. as to why there's new splices in the lines. Um, a live wire could have come in touch with the roll bar. However, the Jeep would have been insulated because of the tires. Yeah. Um, Nick spots a downed road marker that's bent in the direction Corey was driving. There's not, uh, there's black transfer on the sign that's similar to the undercarriage of the Jeep, indicating that, Co- that Corey ran over it. In this case, uh, the circuit would have been completed, theoretically electrocuting the vehicle, mm-hmm. which is freaking scary. It is scary. Don't run over wires. Yes. If you see them, do your yes. best to <laughs> Well, this one was dangling. Oh, that's true, and it just, yeah. Yes, this one was dangling, and that's it right. hit the, um, roll bar. Yeah. And... Yeah. Um, it's funny. I love their experiments. They're so, so freaking amazing. Um, so Nick and Warwick make a jail dummy. And I thought, <laughs> dear God, what are they doing with this mannequin? They're wrapping it like, up. Was was so he, funny. Yes. I'm like, here's a mannequin. What are we doing? Because they don't, they have some weird experiments with mannequins. Making a jail uh, dummy. So they make a jail dummy, a ballistics jail. Yeah. Um, and they place it in the driver's seat, try to recreate the accident. They tell Catherine that the burn marks on the roll bar and undercarriage, along with blown fuses and non-working engine, indicates electrocution. Uh, Catherine is not thrilled um, that the uh, ballistics jail is being <laughs> they used. They blew their ballistics jail budget. She's like, do you know how much this costs? Um, and they're like, well, you sure do. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I'm the boss. And I was like, yes, Catherine, you are the boss. You are. Here. <laughs> Remind um, them again. So, in order to do the experiment um, for the Jeep to be running, the fuses have been replaced, the Jeep is connected to a power source, and the jail dummy is hooked up to a meter. Um, Catherine reminds them that they need a reading of at least 6 milliamps to prove their theory. When they first test the theory, the meter doesn't even move. Warwick realizes that that the dummy isn't dressed, um, so he and Nick put clothes and a watch on it. On the second test, the rating is 7 milliamps. Uh, it's shown that the electricity went from the Jeep's roll bar to Corey's watch across his body, which went across his heart, mm-hmm. and traveled out the rivets of his shorts. A flashback shows Corey driving down the road, running over the road marker um, as the wire hits the roll bar. Corey is killed, the engine is shot, and the Jeep rolled down the hill until it reached the tree. That was a sucky way to go. That's a that's a bad day. They also call the dummy Mr. Wiggles, I think, at one point. <laughs> Did you notice that when they filled the um, cast yeah. and they took off the cast, and Nick just like pats pats him on the head? I'm like, good lord. So good. Yeah. So um, Nick and Mark are the freaking dream team of experiments. Yes. So. But Catherine loves Catherine loves her boys, and she takes care of her boys, and she, she wasn't does. about to like no. rat them out over it. No, no, no. So that's the end of the second case. Um, so we had a killer and an accident. We did. So, boop boop. It's a good one. Yes, it was a freaking good episode. So let's talk about fashion. Ward's wearing a belt throughout this episode, and he wears it in a few other ones after this. Yeah, where it's like it's the like two. Hole, like belt holes yeah. around the entire thing. You know exactly what I'm talking about if you were yeah. alive in the 2000s. Because we all had that freaking belt. We had belt the same one. Mine was white. 
Mine was like a cream color. Works is black, but yeah. mine was white, and I wore that thing out. <laughs> oh my gosh, I wore it. So yeah, girl. Much. Yes. Sarah's wearing this blazer with her outfit, and it looks awesome. Mm-hmm. She looks so cool. Sarah's getting better. She is. She's more encouraging and to Greg. Yeah, she's like a big sister for him, which yes. is really nice. And Catherine's hair in one at one point, like the layers in it are perfect. Is it is so freaking gorgeous and voluminous. I was yes, like, I just have it, please. Yes. Anything else for fashion? And I just love the color of her hair. Like right. it's a natural red. She's a natural redhead, and I love it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, and we got Greg to talk about. Yes. So we got to talk about the Greg. Greg's haircut is much. It's better. It's getting he better. Still has his highlights, but it's not quite so skunky. No. <laughs> it's more like it's starting to curl out. Them, so where they're not like just a strip. It's like more of a. It's patchy. It's patchy. <laughs> it's patchy now because it's grown out. He's wearing a jacket at some point. It's like, kind of like a leather jacket, kind of like a hoodie. But it has this, like, thing around the neck, like, uh-huh. where the hood would be, that it literally just looks like a bungee cord. It was really weird. I, I have never seen that. anything like that. <laughs> I was like, what are you wearing? <laughs> it is the early 2000s. It was so, so dark, I couldn't really get a good, like, picture of it, but it was... Yeah. It wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. But Greg had a wonderful episode, so... We'll yes, he did really good. Pieces. And the fact that, like, he was ready to, like, accept defeat... Because he, he knew he messed up. Yeah. And he wanted to do a good job so bad. Yeah. And, but at the same time, Grissom saw that he did a damn good job. Yeah. In the evidence collecting. He didn't get it perfect, but he followed his But he, like, tried. You know? Like, yeah. he didn't just, like, screw up just to screw up, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, he did. <laughs> he passed. Yes. So, we'll jump into the rankings and MVP and all that. Episode MVP is Greg! Yes! Yes! Yay, he did. The Gregster passed. He's got his first MVP. He's a field tip. He's a field tip. He's a field tip. He's a We were not in sync with that. Um, was not planned. We are high on life. So, for the rankings, for the case, I gave it a 3, 2.53. I'd say more of a 3. Okay. Because of the Gregster. They were both he very, actually like, had a really good case to, like, yeah. do a final one. They were both very, very convoluted solutions, too. Like, yes. it was very much like, I don't know what the heck happened to this people. Yeah, like, <laughs> what the crap are we doing? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, I agree with a 3. They were pretty good. Um, so, yeah. Characters, I gave a 4. Number one, because of Greg's thing. Number two, we've got a lot of drama with, like, Catherine and Eckley and Grissom and Eckley and all of that stuff. So, there was quite a bit of character interaction. Yes, and the fact that, like, Catherine still stood up for her boys, for Nick and Warwick. I mean, that shows, like, a lot. So, I I, I truly agree with, like, four on that. So, Um, overall, three, three and a half for the whole thing. Yes. I think that's pretty good. That's pretty good for episode rank number 45. Actually, yeah. It really is. It's a lot higher Um, than the ones we usually get down there. But I really like this episode. I wish it was a little further on the list. I know. I think it should be further up but yeah. we're biased because we look great yes <laughs> and the fact that it was like his final proficiency test yeah. out in the field and he's a field tech he did it sorry i didn't mean to like bust your uh speakers by clapping like that but <laughs> i'm just like super excited well we have reached the end of this episode everybody yes we, thanks for hanging with we us hope you enjoyed it yes uh, listen, back through, listen back through our other episodes if this is your first one that you're you're catching on. We do get better. If you're at the beginning of our podcast, we get a lot more comfortable yes, with we the do. recording and all of that stuff. Yes. So we're growing. We're learning. Give us a chance. We love it. 
So we will see you next Tuesday. Yes. For another case. Come hang out with us. It's so much fun. We love it. And Watch we'll CSI along with us. Watch CSI. It's good. Yeah, yes. It's good. Yeah, yes. All right, everybody. We will see you next week. All right. See ya. Bye.